the player I'm going to get mad at you guys about, just so, you know, steal yourself. Failure. It's a chess game, and I think we're here playing checkers. You shame me, guys. You shame me. Uh-oh. Don't tell me why I'm wrong. Wow, I just realized that I almost made it the whole episode without cursing. Oh, that's just dumb, though. I've never been proven more wrong in my life so quickly and so dramatically. Recording June 19th, 2023. It is the sixth podcast of the year. Featuring your host, Snap Wilson, and the rest of the sixth pod bench mob, Robococo. MJ Tolliver, and special guest for this Liberty-related podcast, Miles Ehrlich! Yay! Of everything, Winsider, what what are you all a member of, Miles? Uh, this year, mostly Winsider. I've right. written at a bunch of other outlets in the past, but I tried to cut it down because this season, man, it's it's already so compressed, so I try to focus where I can. And y'all, you got yourself a, a very awesome podcast with Owen Pence. You want to talk oh about yes about that, that too yeah yeah um that is pull up with miles and owen we started that a couple months ago and that's been a lot of fun it's mm-hmm. also been kind of stressful kind of learning on the fly <laughs> how to edit how to are you doing your, your own editing connections yes yeah i am um uh, becky well, can sympathize weird. with you i've done it myself too but it's it's yes. the biggest pain yeah yeah, yeah it's uh it, it's a steep learning curve but then once you get into a rhythm it's just it still takes longer than it should, but yep. we're happy with what we're putting out. And then, you know, you just hope people listen. Yeah, that's basically it. All right. All right. Uh, we are going to discuss uh, the New York Liberty in a little bit. I have to take a brief time out because I promised uh, a, a few people that I would gush about Lee Meng. I love Lee Meng. She's been playing so Lee well. Ming. Let's go. Love Lee Meng. Let's go. Love her. Uh, she's going on. She's going to go back home to play in the Asia Cup. She will be back in like two weeks. So, and uh, my jersey's on the way. Nice. That, you, you ordered a jersey? Uh, no, I did. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm going to have the weirdest uh, little mural up there with my Jisoo Park, Hanshu, uh, Rui Mashida, Limang, Asian WNBA. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm the same way. Like All I, I I show love to those that are less yeah, from. Interesting places to come play in the W. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, there it is out there. You heard it. Uh, I promised it to you, and there it is. Um, uh, the other thing, uh, why don't we just get this out of the way right now? Uh, sixth players of the week. Does everybody have a candidate? Miles, I, I did you recall that I told you about this? Uh, I do not, but okay. I do have a candidate. I've listened go, go to for it. episodes. So, yeah, let me... I have to start the the Liberty episode by talking about a, a former Liberty player. And I think she falls into the time since last week's podcast, Sammy Whitcomb, Sammy's performance, the six, three yes. performance last week. Uh, she was against phenomenal. Uh, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and huge for just stretching out that game and getting Seattle a big win. So shout out to Sammy. And it wasn't just her shooting, but, she made a four, couple of really nice passes and four, I four love steals, three there. assists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Game. So love that. Love to Sammy. And the other one that I was thinking about off the dome was Crystal Dangerfield. So another former Liberty player. Yes, sir. <laughs> was yes, sir. Good the other day for Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So, 15 yeah. points against uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really good, um, really good performance. if you had, if you had any former Liberty players in mind, sorry, but I'm going to take them every time. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Like uh, Becky, let's uh, let's uh, go through your list. Okay, Uh-oh. great. She's um, gonna kill my list. <laughs> no, I'll just do Becky. one. I'm gonna be a, a homer like Miles this week. It's Mo Birch, as we know. Nice. I'm part of the Mo Birch hive. First game mm-hmm. back, sixteen points, seven rebounds off the bench. She hit four of five threes, shot eighty percent from three. Looked great out there. We're so excited to have her back. Virtumania. Yep. Back. All right. Uh, MJ, who you got? Well, let me say Christy Wallace first. Oh, yeah? I would say Christy Wallace. Um, I'll go with one that has showed up for me, and that's Carly Samuels. Okay. You know, for one game. Okay, Becky mentioned her. The Dangerfield was mentioned. <laughs> yes, she mentioned Mo Bursch. Dangerfield mentioned Sammy Wickham. I... Dana Evans? Yeah, Dana Evans had a really good one. This is uh, I thought I thought Becky was going to mention. But that's her Becky. Well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. I thought Becky was yeah. going to go for Yeah, twenty-one points, seven to fourteen shooting against uh, the uh, Fever. So let me let me. I'm really gonna just air game. out. I'm gonna air out both of them. The okay. last two, Kirsten Bale and uh, Victoria. Yes. Yes, Hell sir. Yeah. yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. That was like all garbage time, but I don't care. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. We were all jumping out of our seats. Six player of the year. Yeah, six player of the year. Still counts. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Victoria Vivians. That was, that was the third one. So wait, wait, who's your official pick for this, this, this week, just so we have it down. Um, my official pick, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Christy Wallace. Cause I'm, go. I'm gonna be biased just like, uh, <laughs> Becky and miles <laughs> because I'm representing Indiana. So I'm gonna go with Christy. All right. Uh, that leaves Dana Evans to me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Take her. Uh, I'll take her, uh, 21 points. Yeah. On seven to 14 shooting three of six from three, four or five from the line, three assists. Great freaking performance. Getting Dana Evans this week. All right. We, we like to share her apparently. Yes, uh, all right. And she was the official six player of the week last week too. Oh, there is. haven't there got the graphic a... up yet. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She may be, yeah. maybe be repeating because be our listeners, listeners love, Dana Evans, also a good candidate for for um, you know the year, pretty much her and a player we're going to talk about. But moving on, main event: New York Liberty. Reason Mr. Ehrlich is here. Uh, we're going to talk some Liberty basketball. Let's let's do a little bit of stats here. Uh, the New York Liberty are seven and three, and they are second in offensive rating at 106.3 second to my beloved Las Vegas Aces. They are fourth in defensive rating at 98.1 and second in net rating overall at 8.2 plus 8.2 points per 100 possessions. Uh and so let's let's start off a little bit here. The kind of the way that everybody is is talking about them a little bit that were that they people kind of feel like it should be they should be better than what they're doing even though plus 8.2 is is pretty damn good to be honest with you uh so there's there's a they need to come together they need to get acclimated uh and miles what would you say is is not working right now in terms uh, in terms of areas that that they can improve and putting on your fake general manager's cap is there a hypo- hypothetical trade you could imagine for this team i mean well trades so yeah two questions one at a time what's something that i think they could improve at rebounding for sure 
rebounding has been an issue and that was a point of emphasis going into yesterday's game um and that was obviously that got a little bit easier when it was a perfect get right situation going against the mercury who are at the bottom of the league and rebounding and that's even when having bg out there and they did not yesterday um but the liberty winning that they were plus 12 yesterday but also 12 offensive rebounds and that's really what helped them put the game away late i think jj on the glass there uh so that's a point of emphasis but again mentioning jj and i know we'll talk about her some more but shout out to her for her first double double with the liberty yesterday and right after the game she said to kim adams it's about damn time and that was circulating a little bit so seeing her built up is big but rebounding is huge because the liberty are such an efficient offensive team if they will be even more efficient if they could get after it on the offensive glass, but also if they can end possessions on the other end and start to push because we've seen some of, excuse me, we've seen some lulls from them throughout the season when their defense is falling off and the teams that have beaten them are teams that are getting after it on the glass and they're not necessarily larger teams, right? We saw Atlanta. Atlanta kind of punked them last week and, and the players said as much, um, because they just seem to want it more to just go after it in that second half. And then they went out and did the same thing to the sun. Um, but I think, yeah, that's really the big point of emphasis. So when I was trying to think about how could they help rebounding and I was trying to think around a trade, find a tenacious rebounder that might be out there. Queen Egbo was the first player that came to mind for me. Oh, interesting. Nice. nice. She's near the top of the W in offensive rebounding percentage and someone who really wants to get after it on the O glass. And if you're, like I said, generating just more looks for this team with a scrambled defense where you're kicking out to shooters, there are enough people that can be high usage rate offensively that unless there's an open layup there, kick out and then get it moving again. Uh, But that being said, I know this might be a little bit of a cop out, but like, I think that player might be on this roster already. I think Niara Sabali can be that. Her instincts are really, really strong in that area. It's a matter of building the confidence because she's a rookie, right? Um, But in practice, she's the one that's getting after it on the glass. And I asked in in pregame yesterday, who did I ask? Uh, I'm trying to remember who was out there for us. But was it? It might have been Sloot. It might have been, I I think it was Sloot. And asked uh, with rebounding being a point of emphasis. and, And she said, and highlighted, she highlighted Niara in practice this past week as being the person who was really getting after it and really trying to make an impact there. So I think that it's something that they already have identified internally as a strength. And it's just going to come with with more reps, with more minutes, with just feeling more comfortable on the court. Because, yeah, it's easy to, you know, talk about it now that we're seeing her again. But she didn't play for, you know, 16 months or something like that. Um so yeah, a player like Queen, or if you can find that on the roster, that's that's gonna clean that up for the Liberty for sure. All right, I like that. Um, can I can I segue? No, oh, go for it. Okay, so from what I've been seeing from New York, because I you you pretty much answered like three of four of my <laughs> questions, <laughs> but I've been paying attention on top. So, um, just seeing the games and. Uh, I just want your perspective per se, not what somebody else has been saying. I want you. And um, they have been going to John Quill early. I knew I threw that out there. And I also uh, paid attention to them in the win. 
that they went to their offense early. Like I know uh, Sabrina is like the key component in them being able to pass, 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 score. And with her not being on the floor for the last two games, okay, we've seen the first game against Atlanta, okay. But this last game, Brianna was more early in her offense uh, uh, specifically, and everyone else kind of got in where they fit in. So she seemed like the hub, more say, like a Sabrina. So I just want to have your perspective on what this team looks like without Sabrina. Well, first things first, hopefully this team won't be without Sab for too long. Um, so that's a part of it. But I think you nailed it, MJ. The One of the big takeaways after the loss where you know the team was very disappointed, but Stewie, who she's still somehow shooting over 50% from the field this year, including that one of 14 performance where... Yeah, horrible. Yeah, which is just she couldn't get anything to fall and that was bonkers by the way every time i see her play i'm like she gets so many easy buckets with her movement and everything else i couldn't could not have envisioned a game where she went went for 13 they they just honed in they honed in on her (laughs) yeah and and she missed looks that i haven't seen her miss in practice or or in any other game this season right and it happens It, it snowballs and i think she still finished what with like 14 and 12 and a steal in four blocks or something ridiculous like that uh so still doing amazing things out there but in practice this week, I noticed that they looked like they were getting the ball to Stewie a little bit more at the nail early, like you identified. Yes. And we saw that in this last game and early in the clock. So then she could make a decision and there were a lot of weak ball cut, weak side cutters. So she was also, she said after the game that she was taking on a little bit more point guard duties, not taking anything away from Sloot, but as a secondary yeah. ball handler and initiator. And we saw that with her season high seven assists. So if you get the ball to her early, she's just such a just a smart player that she could make those reads, make those looks. And yeah, the more time you have it in her hands, she's someone who can also see over the defense if if help is coming early. But I think that's kind of where the Liberty thrive right in the half court is in moving the ball. They lead the league in assist percentage second overall in the history of the game right now to last year's Chicago Sky in terms of with their 24 assists per game. So they're moving the ball really, really well. But a big part of that is, yes, Sloot after the loss just said, that's on me. We need to put Stewie into better positions. And the team knows that. Um, In terms of JJ, she's getting better every game. And it's, it's, this kind of thing is not really linear usually, right? You have a good game and then you kind of fall off a little bit. And then the next game you look a little stronger, but in my eyes anyway, especially on the defensive end, there's just, I think back to that opening night where there was like a turnover. uh, And instead of like getting a a backcourt violation, it seemed like JJ kind of gave up on, on the play that ended up in a layup in transition. And it was just like, okay, wow, this is going to be a long season if she's not able to, to get after it to save a possession um but it seeing her these last three or four games i'd say defensively she's been closing out a lot on switches a lot more than she was she's hedging a lot harder than she was and cleaning up the defensive glass a little little bit better too so when you talk about her offensive game yeah she seals so well down low and she does a lot of her work early there and i think that might be why early in the game that's a point of emphasis 
when she's been, you know, out of games recently, it's been more foul trouble. And somebody asked her from yesterday that it was uh, about like why that was happening. If it was, and, and she said, honestly, some of it has been when her conditioning wasn't at a hundred percent overplaying, being overly aggressive, trying to make more of an impact, knowing that her, her minutes were a little limited. Uh, and now she's trying to find that balance with that physicality. Um, but she said she's feeling much better conditioning wise and like the injuries behind her. It's just basically like building her up now. Um, and yesterday she played through illness. And I think that was the best we've seen of her. Obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, Phoenix didn't have their, their big stopper in the paint and that's part of it. Um, but still it's, it's a gradual just improvement from JJ and she's looking more and more comfortable out there too. It's not like she's being frozen out at all. And I think like, this is something that I think, especially in her later years, we saw the links do with Sylvia Fowles a lot. There were, I can't tell you how many times I watched a game and still had like the first four buckets or something. And I'm like, she's going off for 40 tonight. And then she'd finish, (laughs) you know, like six of eight for like 16 (laughs) points. Um, But I, I think it's, like good a good way to set the tone to just also yeah. see how the game's being officiated to see how the ball is moving to get your bigs involved early um yeah. but jj and stewie yeah the, the team especially when sabrina's out they know that's where generally their biggest mismatches are going to be i i think it's a way to also keep the defenses honest like if you know that you have the potential to dump and uh throw the ball deep then they have to respect that and then then you have to like flee and try to run people off the three-point line and stuff like that. So it without Sabrina, because Sabrina is like it's like a pass fest with Sabrina. And then when you're out there and you have a big like John Quell, you know, you're mentioned uh you're mentioning Sylvia and uh just dumping it in, getting down low, that makes it where it's like, okay, we have to watch that passing lane uh per say and then also saying that um Brianna is operating from the pen that's like honestly to me that's like the perfect position for any player it doesn't matter if it's Brianna it doesn't matter you know across what basketball league that is the prime position to operate and facilitate from and you know I know Sabrina necessarily she doesn't really do that it's just like a pass fest like I said but with Brianna being there especially with her height and her ability to pull from right there, it makes it where you have to be honest. You can't really play the passing lanes because if you leak off of her, you try to drop, you have to, I mean, she's going to score on you. So it's a lot of things that you have to actually take into account when she's operating from the pen, as opposed to like in the game that they lost against Atlanta, she's more on the perimeter or she's more catching a, sh- uh, a pass and they're doubling her like immediately as soon as she gets the ball. So yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I also just want to highlight, which I think we're going to see more and more as this chemistry continues to build. Yeah. But that four or five pick and roll with JJ and Stewie. Yeah. Like you said, oh, like, good luck. I've been right? waiting. I've been waiting for it. All of the gravity, right? That would go yeah. where you have to make that choice in an instant, in an instant. But what we have seen more of is we've seen some stagger screens with them and Sabrina. And then she flies off of that. And gets open because you have to decide in a split second with a player who's comfortable stretching out to 28 feet at who stays home. Are we switching? What are we doing? And then you've got JJ rolling to the basket and then Stewie either cutting behind her or or popping out. There are just so many decisions to be made. And that's all just like 
three players on strong side, right? And right. that kind of just, but the gravity that goes when you throw that pass to any of the rollers on this team, they're all really strong passers too. It's not just the spacing, but right. it's the fact that they're also comfortable then passing out and and starting that kind of merry go the merry go round that you're talking about until eventually someone's like, all right, your shot's good, my shot's great, that shot's even better, and they'll just keep passing until they find. Usually, it's someone like a a Benaja or a, a Kayla Thornton she, he's been awesome. in the corner. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, there's got to be buy-in, right? There's got to be buy-in for all of that to work. Oh, and definitely. There absolutely is, because it's a combination of players that have reached the mountaintop and knows and and know what it takes, right? Where you've got Stewie and you've got Sloot, you've got Steph too, and then there are players like JJ who's been perennially on the doorstep and just like right there, knowing what it takes to get over the top. Same thing, like Benaj has been in the league for a long time as a vet. Sabrina. I, I don't know if it's been enough talked about like how how she has grown this year because <laughs> yeah outside of B I would say that Sab probably had to give up more than anyone else yes in yes. terms of the the individual numbers and I don't think there's anybody on this team happier than she is it's really and and it, it trickles down to it's trickled down to um there there's a lot of people have talked about how Sabrina is sometimes not a great quote, right? How like she, she seems just very media trained because she's been in it for so long and she just seems so much more comfortable this year, a lot looser, a lot lighter. And I, uh, I've really enjoyed that and it could have gone the other way, right? It could have been the, yes, these, these touches should be mine. I'm an all-star, right? I'm, I'm plastered everywhere, but instead she's like, I, I'm shooting five or six wide open threes a night because there is no pressure on me. <laughs> and she's not worried about the counting stats going down if they're winning. And it's not just a line because you could just see her carry herself so much lighter. Um, and it takes, I think, a, a special kind of player to do that. And it, it's it's interesting because not enough is always talked about the players that, that take the step back. And we've seen that with super teams in the past, right? There's always... Is there's only one ball. Someone's going to have to to right. take a step back, and she has. Benaja has, while also staying locked in defensively. I'm sure we're going to talk about B a lot. Um, she's she's been great. But yeah, sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place. But just no, no, to, no, <laughs> you're not. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're your therapy here. Uh, let, let's let Becky jump in. Becky, uh, go okay. ahead and. Oh, I was going to take you in a different direction because um, that's my role in this pod. And it's not on the list, so I apologize I didn't prepare <laughs> you for this. But I got to go to my first Liberty home game on uh, Sunday. Um, and I was just blown away by Ellie, the mascot. Um, when she came out and did her Ellie stomp, I, it was it was just magical. I really... I'm jealous that you have a mascot that's not terrifying. That's like provides a <laughs> sass and an energy. Like kids want to be near her. I don't know what that's like, her. by the way. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious in your, in your reporting, have you met Ellie? Have you met the person inside Ellie? Any insights you can give us on on Ellie and who she is? I will say, first of all, I want to apologize because you had told me you were going to be at that game yesterday or Sunday, and I just totally spaced. Like once I'm in it, like oh game no, day, you just said it. Yeah, <laughs> I 
I also, I was there for a bachelorette party. And so uh-huh. like I didn't end up, I had a little list of people I was going to go find and I just didn't end up doing it because it was going to be too chaotic. Um, but it was nice to be in the same room with you, Miles. <laughs> yeah. And as to Ellie, Ellie has taken a leap this year. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, we're talking about most improved about mascot. We're thinking most maybe. improved mascot. Okay. Absolutely, third year in the league, third year in the league. I think that's you know you have to get a feel as a rookie, and then your second year you hit that wall a little bit. Um, <laughs> but this year, Ellie has really taken it up a notch. And for me, it's it's always hard when you're seeing the franchise turn over a little bit. And Maddie was a terrific mascot for such a long time. Um, I don't know if that costume was ever cleaned by based on when I was in close proximity <laughs> and that went from Madison Square Garden to Westchester. And yeah, I think they've officially sent Maddie to the farm at this point because <laughs> she did not even show up to Ellie's birthday party this year. Um, oh, rough. Wow, but, that's a snub. That is terrible. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. Because they bring like the... Because nobody wanted to clean the costume. <laughs> <laughs> they bring out like the Westchester Knicks mascot. They bring out, uh, I think the Nets have the mascot. There, there are like, uh, or some local team, like some local colleges had mascots come to the birthday party. And yeah, Maddie did not receive an invite. I think for the first time this year. Um but I have not spoken. This is the hot gossip that we're. Yeah. This, this this, you you don't get it anywhere else out there, people. <laughs> Nobody is talking about the mascots like this. All right. I, yeah, but I have not. I have to say I have not spoken to Ellie. What I will say is that it's hard for her to be the star because the real star of the Liberty organization are the Timeless Torches. My absolute favorite it's uh, a group of of liberty fans that i think there's an age requirement it might be 55 or so and um have a dance routine they come out at one of the quarter breaks i I think it's like between first and second quarter and have an elaborate dance routine every time and the timeless torches those are just long-term life goals for for me for my fiance for basically anyone who follows liberty is that one day we want to be part of the of that illustrious group (laughs) Um, but Ellie has been fantastic. The the themed dances from her this year have really broken the internet a couple of times, I think, already. And I'm just excited every every game to see what she's got next because yeah, being a mascot, having a mascot, it's a it's a dangerous game. That can really go either way, as we've seen across sports. So I, I think just very, very lucky and very privileged to be covering a team with such a great mascot. And then everything else is secondary. All right. Absolutely. I will mention briefly, sorry, Snap. I did not see the Timeless Torches, but they had the Little Torches perform, which is the kids' dance group, with their dads for Father's Day. And it was wonderful. We should also say... Happy Father's Day to MJ. Happy Father's Day. The dad on our pod. Thank you. Thank you. You would have Father's loved Day. the little happy performance. Father's Day, MJ. It was fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and uh happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there too. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh okay, we will ease our way back into into on-court analysis. But uh, how long have you been covering the the Liberty now? I first started covering the W in 2019. I've been and uh, so I've been credentialed since 2020. So, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. The bubble season was my first season, which was. Did which you actually go there day. or were you just reporting no. remotely? Okay. No, I was just reporting remotely. And I, I think that was the perfect way 
to kind of get into covering the league because I was not sitting in a room at the back just taking notes on everybody. I was on a Zoom call taking notes on everybody <laughs> and I could hang back and and you could also see yourself like slowly move up in the pecking order with, with consistency and stuff. Um, but yeah, this is now my fourth full season covering the double uh, covering the Liberty specifically. And before that, in 2019, I was just generally covering the league as a whole. All right. So mm. now like every, with everything that's changed, right. Now we got, you got Brianna and you have Courtney coming in JJ or, you know, all these, all this stuff that just happened. What, like, how does that, uh, like what changed uh, in terms of your reporting or what changed in terms of the team coverage? Was it like suddenly a madhouse or, or how would you describe the difference? Yeah, it's it's interesting because every year you see, at least at the very beginning, you'll see this just like burst of enthusiasm for the W and then you're a month in or a month and a half in and then you're like, oh, wait, now I'm looking around the room and it's mostly the same people yeah. uh, that hasn't quite hit yet this year for the first time. Uh, it's not just me and Jackie Powell and Jeff Magliacetti talking to each other on a Zoom now. It's, it, it is a little bit deeper than that which is good um but yeah at the beginning when it was you know my first year and it was sabrina uh the and i was credentialed and and saw all of these outlets showing up and then sad gets hurt in the third game and then very quickly it's just a few people everybody disappears yeah uh and then the next year you know the team is struggling a bit but for me i i think and and i have talked about this i think a good amount now but the players that I really got closest to on the team as I was because then 2020 I had that zoom experience but it's a whole different thing 2021 in person all of a sudden and it was at the midway point that once vaccines were available that we were able to get the one-on-ones with players because oh right right yeah yeah for the first half of that season we were doing zoom calls from the Barclays Center to the press room so we were watching the games live but not actually talking to people. And I remember specifically Walt Hopkins hated it because they wouldn't shut off the the speakers. Uh, so like the DJ would be playing at really loud volume and we'd be shouting questions over and he's like, just, just bring them down here. So uh, that was, but that was a whole new thing once we were finally allowed to talk to the players and it was, I, I felt like a rookie on the beat still. So I kind of gravitated towards the rookies on the team. Who, who I was like, okay, this is a little bit less scary. So mm-hmm. Michaela and Didi were the two players that were always just always down to talk, always available. I would walk by them and, and they'd call me out by name, wave to me. And it just like made me feel really ex- accepted in the space as I was still kind of anxious just being there. Um, so that's what made this offseason a little bit tough. And also Sammy Whitcomb. Sammy has always just been incredibly supportive. So it was a weird kind of like deal with the devil kind of thing for me this off season. Uh, and the vibes have changed a little bit. And it's really interesting to see when you bring in a team of veterans that they, they come in and they know how things are supposed to be done. They know how things work and it, it's, it's so neat. And I don't know. I don't know that I expected that. I don't know if I, that I expected. Even when things aren't going well, they're like, "Yeah, we know what's up. We know how to fix it, and we're going to address it." And then you're like, "Okay, cool." And then you watch, and they do. So, <laughs> right. 
it's it's a very very different experience it's the first time i've covered a team of this caliber and um once you get over kind of the just the, the shock and the thrill of watching this starting five go at it against practice players and you know score 15 straight um it's been a very cool experience but a very different one for sure Go ahead, MJ. I was going to just bestow some honor on Miles. I've been following you for a while, including uh, a time when you were just a free agent and and I noticed uh, what you were doing and I was a supporter. And I just wanted to say that I'm proud of uh, where you're where you are right now and what you did to become who you are today and what it took for you to get to the space that you're in. Like I've, I've been here, like I've been a follower, I've been a supporter. I'm just, I'm happy to see that you're, you're here now. And now we can utilize you to get our, our New York thing off. So I'm just, I'm yeah, that was definitely that. when we were, when we were talking about, like, we want to discuss a specific team and we think about, all right, who's your like name jump yeah. to the front of my head when I was yeah. thinking, all right, we wanted to talk right. Liberty. All right. We got to talk about it. He's been an amazing reporter. He's been an amazing writer. And for anybody that doesn't follow him, please do it now because he is good at what he does. And I just want to bestow that honor upon you. That's, that's really, really, it. really, really appreciate you. Really appreciate you. That really means a lot. Um, it's it's definitely a, a a thankless job in a lot of in a lot of uh, spaces in a lot of a lot of the time, especially on W Twitter. Um, so I appreciate that because sometimes, as you guys all know, I'm sure the work gets lost sometimes in the noise, and yeah. uh, it's really important to just be sharing these stories of these players and having these conversations and just. Uh, just pushing the narrative. So I really appreciate that. We also have to shout out Miles no as one of the pioneers in the WNBA dogs space. Which yes. Is yeah. Shout out Becky. Work. I mean, it's, it's really important work that we're doing. We need to start the, the mascot um, tears. I think next, that'll be our yeah. next project. Yeah. When I yeah, started Becky. covering WNBA pets, it was Miles who Miles reached out to me. <laughs> he had also been covering, All this information. <laughs> covering the dogs. And so, yeah, we've collaborated over the years. <laughs> definitely um i'll turn it back to an actual question about the team can you let us know why do you think from your perspective we're seeing so little from han shu obviously now it's just just gone back overseas but not a lot of time on the court this season much less time than she had last year what is from your kind of insider perspective what have you seen what does she need to do to get more time or do you feel like the team's looking at a trade or, or doing something else with her? I think that I've been really happy about how upfront the team has been about Han's situation, which you would not know by reading my mentions after every game. Um, <laughs> but Sandy Brandello said from the start of camp that Han, that the, the Chinese league that she plays in overseas in the W off season uh, just plays at such a different pace and that Han has really been struggling to kind of just get up to speed again and that she's playing rushed, that she's just not playing with confidence and talking to Han, she said the exact same thing. And it wasn't, it's not like this is a line that we're being fed, but um, she's just very, very graceful in terms of just talking about wanting to learn from 
from Stewie, from JJ, from all of the really talented players that are coming in. And she knows that she has a very high ceiling, but that right now she's not playing her best. Uh, my my favorite anecdote with this is Han was really struggling. <laughs> the first time that she really got any kind of extended run was that game where Stewie had 45 through three quarters. And then, right. uh, and then uh, Sandy tried to put Stewie back out there in the fourth uh, along with the reserves. And I think that like, Han just took she must have taken six or seven shots in those like five minutes and and would not give the ball. She's like, nah, this is my time. This is my time. <laughs> and I thought that was really, really funny. But then in practice a couple of weeks after that, after one of the one of the games where she didn't get in until the final seconds, I went to practice and Han Shu was wearing a red penny and she pra- she was practicing with the male practice players against the Liberty starting five. And oh, interesting. Yeah, and every single possession down court, the other practice players were just trying to feature Han and try to get her involved. And she was hitting threes. She was turnaround jumpers, a hook shot over over JJ at one point, and just laughing every time she came back up. And was just everybody was just having such a good time seeing her just loosen up like that because a lot of it, I think, she's been in her own head a lot. And Sandy afterwards said. We need to like help her find the joy again so that she's not she's not falling into that frustration because she understands that she's not where she wants to be. This preseason, I think I tweeted this. I don't know if I saw Han miss a jump shot in preseason. She was just hitting everything. But um, when we see her out on the court, she's rushing. She's definitely not looking as composed as last year and i would say that the opposite might have been true last year right where there were some times that she was too hesitant and now she's just getting the ball and shooting because she's afraid you know she's got so few minutes and she kind of wants to get into the books uh so i think i wonder how the asia cup is going to play into this with Han being out i asked sandy about and and obviously i didn't think i was going to get much of an answer out of it but i asked like does are you affect is your coaching affected knowing you're about to lose a player for a month right when you're still trying to build out your rotations would it make sense to spend that time in the early weeks of the season on players that you know are going to be there and she said no absolutely not but what she what she did say was that the players that were important to build chemistry with at the beginning were the starting five because there wasn't much of a training camp salute had a concussion after day one and didn't come back into the last day of camp. Stewie had one practice, I think, uh, and played in that uh, preseason game against the aces. JJ really was doing half court work. Didn't start practicing until the season was starting. So those first couple of games were definitely just kind of feel each other out and see where you're at. Um, and that was what Sandy Rondello's main focus was. And beyond, obviously, Han was part of that forward depth, so you could argue that she could have gotten some minutes there, but it was a tighter rotation, even with JJ at the time playing 18-19 minutes. It was Steph, right? It was mainly Steph getting those minutes. Now Niara's cut into that a bit, um, but the priority was always our focus needs to be the first five to seven, and then we can extend out once we've got that gelling. Um, So I think it'll be interesting to see where Han is at in terms of the, that game speed. If 
I don't know if the Asia Cup's going to help that or hurt that. Um, but this team loves her, and she's really comfortable here. So I I hope that she comes back and and she's ready to kind of hit the ground running, um, because the potential is absolutely there, and it's just been a slow start for like I said, kind of a myriad of reasons. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see them trying to ship her off anywhere else and i think that she can be a really good backup big on this roster i agree speaking of hitting the ground running and slow starts etc etc uh liberty currently in the middle of the pack in pace um and sandy's teams in phoenix were often towards the 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 bottom of the league in in pace uh, do you think that they're currently operating? I think that, and I'm, I'm now just realizing this may tie into their problems with defensive rebounding, but uh, do you think they're currently operating at their optimal pace or do you see them attempting to get out and transition more? It's it's interesting because, okay, so another Sandyism because we're hit with so many of them is she always talks about wanting to run with opportunity. Don't push pace for the sake of it. And I don't think that this roster, when you look at the vets that are on this team, is built to just run up and down, right? They generate, but they do generate a ton of their three-point looks off of the cross matches that you'll get in transition. And with Courtney, with Sabrina, with Marine, you have three of the best advanced passers in the league that are looking to hit ahead. Um, But because they're so versatile in their scoring options, I think it also does benefit them to play in the half court, to move the ball, to work the clock. Kind of like MJ you're talking about at the very beginning Agreed. that they're in their they're at their best when they can put you into an action and then start swinging the ball uh and the rebounding is definitely an issue uh but and i would say even offensive rebounding a little bit because the idea of getting into the half court is then if you do have a jj or a niara or you know stewie or somebody crashing then Taylor. that could get you yeah then that can get you the extra possessions. But I was looking at some of the some of the advanced stats on this too, which were just interesting to me uh, on Synergy before. And the Liberty are second behind the Aces in points per possession in the half court, which makes sense to me, right? Just how, first of all, how well the Aces are playing, but um, but also just that the Liberty are executing pretty strongly there. But New York is also second in point in points per possession in transition. And do you guys know who's first in that oh, category? It's, it's it's Chicago. I'll just let Phil throw that out there because I seen that they were uh, tops top four in uh, assists. So I'm gonna assume um, um, for Becky too. <laughs> but <laughs> but I also um, think yeah. So go off that. Let's see. I don't know any other guesses. It's not Chicago. It's not Chicago. Is it Seattle? Nope. It's Connecticut. Connecticut oh, is uh, number one. <laughs> and But what's wild to me, when we look at the last few years of what we've come to associate with Connecticut in the Kurt Miller era, yeah, is just where it's not just that they're leading in transition points, but in the half-court offense, I was just surprised to, side, to see this, but Connecticut ranks eighth out of 12 in half-court. Uh, wow. And obviously a lot of the pieces that they've added and at pushing so much is a large part of that yeah but yeah i mean seeing that the liberty are second in both the half court offense and in transition which obviously in transition you're always going to have higher points per possession because you're just getting better looks 
Right. Yes, you can argue that they need to like that it it behooves them to push more, but I don't necessarily think they're losing that much with the half court and th- their personnel is just more suited to it. We might see more of it though as the season goes on as you know they get more comfortable with Marine, a player like Niara. Niara is so great at grabbing a rebound and pushing. She's not just snatching the ball and then looking for an outlet pass. She'll grab it, push it up a couple of push it up a couple of uh bounces and be actively looking for somebody else and then you're starting a mini break there that's where you're finding the cross the cross matches that's where that's something else jj can do that stewie obviously can bring it up herself uh benijah so they do have a lot of players that can kind of start those mini breaks um but like all teams your best offense is generated by your defense it's generated by getting stops it's not by taking the ball out of the basket and trying to run the other way so it's it's the focus is on defense i think think that will open up that transition game even more um but yeah i I think that they have been pretty successful in both facets okay so what what is if you had a defensive lineup that can execute exactly what you're mentioning who is that five Hmm. who is the five yeah defensive lineup uh is this at any point during the game where or is this like the end of the game like you need to stop uh we ask yeah we, we, we ask about this end. uh for everybody <laughs> uh yeah the ideal five man unit last shot of the game final or final 10 seconds two to tie three to win who, who okay cool five? yeah i didn't know if this was like a you're, <laughs> you're hitting a run and you need a, a stopper yeah, out there yeah no if you're looking for a stop obviously stewie's got to be out there their best wing defenders, I had put both of them out there, both Benija and Kayla Thornton. Um, JJ for rim protection. And then my fifth would be Courtney Vandersloot. Sloot's oh, ability to her ability to just get into passing lanes, deflections. Uh, I think there's a lot of talk about just her being not always being the quickest footed defender, but she switches really well. And there's three or four times a game that She's just like knocking a ball out of bounds or into Stewie's hands or something like that. And Becky, I'm sure that you've heard James Wade talk about that a lot in Chicago, because I, I know that there's, is there a, a belt for deflections? There's some kind of like, team... yes, there's a victory yeah. belt. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that Sloot was, was all over that too. Wow. <laughs> um, so even though like her name is not always, I think kind of, put next to her defense her defensive instincts are really good and if you're in a a late game situation um she's someone who can just win you a game by tipping it with two fingers and and getting the ball knocked away i have defended courtney vandersloot's defense on this pod many a time <laughs> so i appreciate none of us have attacked courtney vandersloot's defense i just i just want to throw that out there i'm constantly bombarded <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 uh let's go at snap because we've been going ahead champagne campaign. What's what's your five that can beat the aces? Oh yeah, go yeah. So this is the other end, the offensive last last. Yeah, shot. let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first you got to start with Stewie, Sabrina, and Sloot, and that's where it starts to get a little bit tough for me. Um, oh, interesting. Ooh, not Jack Well. So. Down to, I think John Quell gets out there because 
she can roll to the rim and just create so much space like we've talked about uh, and and just finish with such efficiency. Um, If you want to get really wild, though, and then get the aces, for example, kind of out of sorts, you can go a little bit smaller. Um, But I put JJ out there. The two then that I'm stuck between are Benijah and Marine. And I think if you just need an offensive possession, I put Marine out there. And the reason why is B is a great shot creator. And in years past, she has been the Liberty's go-to because she can generate her own look in a way that Sabrina can't really, uh, or struggles to. She's, she's worked a lot on her, her first step and her foot speed this year. Um, But B there are very few players in this league that can get the ball in their hands while with the clock going down and you know that they're going to get off a quality look like that's like the Courtney Williams shot, right? Like I I've joked before that Courtney Williams is a great player to go to in the clutch because she's <laughs> taking those shots all game long. Those like deep two yes, off yeah. the dribble, uh, the Arike shots. Um, and, and B can do that. I just don't think she has to do that on this team. So MJ, if you put Marine out there, Seeing yeah. her go east to west, it just opens up the entire floor, especially I, on this team. I, I think without, uh, well, from what I've seen without Sabrina, she's been trying to open up her game a little bit and and kind of show that she's capable of more. And I think that what you're saying is a good assessment. I do, because it's it's parts of her game we haven't seen including her being flashy, like with the layups and stuff. She, like she's been doing <laughs> the like up and under layups and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I was I, right underneath that basket. That's where I was sitting. Where are you? She, <laughs> on that shot. And we just like, <laughs> just yeah, it was like screaming. What? <laughs> you were the closest defender to that, to that wide open <laughs> double clutch layup. <laughs> I was just like, why? You don't need to do this for and she did I'm it. so glad you she did. She did it twice. She did yeah. it twice. So, so Becky, she did it what? But you what? Um, what was that? Well, she saw how Becky's t- Becky's group reacted the first time, and she's like, well, "I got to do this again." <laughs> yeah. So it's like did it for the bride, yeah. for the yeah. party. <laughs> she's she's nice, and and she's kind of slept on. Like, it's some aspects of her game that I didn't know existed. Like, uh, at least a little bit. With Sabrina being out, I've got to see more of her, like what she's capable of. So not saying she's she can fill in Sabrina's spot, but seeing the second game after Sabrina, because that was my question. Is this is this team able to operate without Sabrina? And I seen that they immediately like flip like from game one. Sabrina was like, oh, it's still my team. Wait. Oh, hold on. I got Brianna Stewart and I got John Quill. Uh, yeah, I ain't got to do that. And now without Sabrina is like, oh, we can have Marina do some of the things that Sabrina does and some other players too, because they have been doing it, including Brianna and they've, they succeeded in the last game with the W. So yeah. I, I I don't know all the ins and outs of the French, uh, of the French league, but what I can tell you anecdotally, which is just as good as stats, right? Is that, uh, is that a lot of the fan, a lot of Marines fans, have been effusive in their praise whenever I'm posting Sandy Brondello quotes about Marine. And Sandy always says, what we're going to do is we're just going to let her be her. We're going to let Marine be Marine. And immediately I'll get a flood of like, 
yeah, maybe the other coaches in Europe should take note. And it seems like <laughs> she's been kind of forced to to play a point guard role. And uh, we had we had Marine at a presser last week where with Sandy and Sandy said, no, we, we're not putting her into a point guard role. She doesn't want to be a point guard. And that's that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know that. And Marine kind of like hid her head behind her hands, which she does a lot. And yeah, very she's very different uh, on the court than she is off. She's very shy off the court. And I, I think it's really it's really interesting to know that Sandy is empowering her. Because you were saying, MJ, you were saying like, it's great to see Marine be more aggressive and open up her game. I asked her in, in post game on Sunday, you took zero shots in the first half. And then came out and took like four immediately and ended up the end of the game with 10 points. Who told you something? Because I, I knew that that was just not her saying, I need to get more looks. Someone had to say something. And she said, Courtney Vandersloot and Olaf Lang, assistant coach Olaf Lang, both came up to her at halftime and said, you need to be more aggressive. Um, yeah. So she's someone who still needs to be told, like, we are at our best when you are out there making magic. And we definitely saw that in the second half. And it's not like we talked about fit, right? We talked about buy-in, player buy-in, and how essential that is for this team to make a run as deep as they want to. And I think that that's a big part of it, too, where Marine doesn't want to come here and be the first option. She doesn't want to be taking 15 shots a game. She could. She's incredibly talented. She could be your lead guard. She could be your lead scorer. But I think she likes that there are so many big personalities. There, there are so many people that are t- taking the emphasis that there's then room for her to operate and for those players to kind of feed her confidence too and say, we want you here. We want you doing what's best for you. Uh, and they have the personnel to do that. Right. So you know. when she says she doesn't want to be the point guard, like what is it? I mean, is it, do you, do you have any idea what exactly she means? She doesn't want to uh operate out of pick and roll or she just wants to operate off ball and be a secondary ball handler or what exactly sabrina is kind of in the same vein right where yeah, right. she right prefers she, yeah she prefers to be off ball and that's what we saw last year when they brought in crystal dangerfield and that's you know one of the one of the many reasons that steph dolson is so valuable to this team just as an off ball screener um but it's i think a similar kind of thing it's it's not just the expelling the energy of walking up and down the court but it's just that marine is so dynamic like i said before going east west when she can just read the entire court and i've made this comparison before too where it's almost like a quarterback rolling out of the pocket where the game breaks down and all of a sudden you're not you're, you're not on a script anymore she plays unscripted basketball and that's when she's at her best that does not necessarily mean that's the best way to run an offense, right? To just right. say, everybody go out there. There's a there's a pickup flair to her game. And it's not just the shooting or with the one-legged threes or, you know, the double clutch uh, layups. It, it's not just the one-handed passes, but it's also the fact that you need to know where everyone is, whether you are an opponent or whether you're on her team. That pass that she threw to JJ yesterday uh, on Sunday in the first quarter Man. where she had to like shoot her hand out and try to catch it on the fly. And she's like, 
I, I didn't realize that Marine had that kind of velocity. It's not just that she'll see you and throw you open, which is what Salute does, right? Mm. Salute will anticipate where you're going to be and drop a pass in. Or what I've noticed so much with Salute is she passes the ball so early so that players are still getting that deep seal and there's no time to bring help over. Mm. Uh, Marine is like, okay, I see this window. I'm just going to throw it as hard as I can at whatever <laughs> angle I can and good luck catching it. Um, and, and I think that's just some of the, some of that like magic that makes her Marine and the team's like, we'll take the odd turnover for the three or four layups that you'll get us wide open by getting these passes into the paint. That is Man. exactly like the thing that happened with early Magic Johnson, as everybody uh, has said, is that he used to just like, he used to just whip it at you and you had to be ready for it or else you were going to get like catch it in the face. That happened with Sabrina early too. Yeah. If you go back to, if you go back to 2020, those first couple of games, um, I remember she had, it was something like 14 turnovers or something like that in the first couple of games. And I went back and watched them and about half of them were passes in transition that players were trying to catch with like one hand or were not expecting her to throw. And in her mind, she's like, you're open. I'm going to throw it to you. That's a layup. And those are, or it's a pass into the post where they're, she with the she'll throw with some velocity too, uh, where just players were not ready. And that's part of building the chemistry. But I think that's also going to help these Liberty players get used to Marine a little bit because Sabrina's got some of that flair as well. And and Marina has been like taking layups that look like logo layups. Like she should become the logo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot what game it was I was watching, but she had that one like extended layup uh, over the last two. And I'm like, huh? Like what? Like I didn't even know she was capable, you know, and and actually confident enough to take something like that. So. Yeah, Marine is more slept on than what I thought. And I was already high on her, but I'm higher now. It's like sometimes when great players get hurt, you get to see what your other players can do. And it helps when your great players come or the players that that produce a lot come back. Like in Sabrina's case, she's great. But when she comes back, it's like, OK, so do you just look at Marine as uh catch and shoot score you you can't really do that now because she showed that to her coaches she's shown that to the other players and she's shown what she can do on the floor so that will potentially depending on you know what the coaches call that will open up certain things for her to be able to do on the floor and it will open up the floor even more for new york like you said they're working on the chemistry and she's man I know she's not with the she's not with the starting unit, is she? I don't I don't think she is. But mm -hmm. she, man, man, <laughs> the things I've seen from Marine have been amazing. Like especially the second game. The second game, like I know Brianna. I was paying more attention to Brianna, but Marine is amazing. She's more amazing than what I thought. I thought she was just like a shooter, but she's more than that. So, and I haven't caught the games overseas like you said you have you said she's playing in the italian league uh in the french league the french league okay so yeah i need to catch more games of that but because yeah, i've been she following was the mvp there this year see see and i have <laughs> yeah i've heard for years that this was the best player that wasn't playing in the WNBA prior to her actually coming over that, yeah, that was, she was, was said a few times 
She nice. was on the team for a little bit. She came over after Eurobasket in 2019 okay. and had two games, I believe, that she shot six of six, including four or four from three. I think that was the stat I remember. And those threes were like late clock that she's generating by herself, step backs. Um, her a couple of like really great passes to especially to Han, one that I still post on the timeline every now and then. One of those yeah. drives and over the head passes that she likes to throw. Um, but again, I think that this role Marine is okay with is probably happier with being out of the spotlight a little bit. So it works perfectly it's for, for both New York and for Marine herself. Becky, what you got? Oh, um, I'm going to ask you my question that I've asked all of our other team <laughs> experts. If all of the end of season awards went just the New York Liberty, what players would win each award? So MVP, Depoy, most improved, sixth mm-hmm. player, rookie of the year. How would you hand them out? MVP is easy. Um, it's Stewie. <laughs> I think as of right now, she's pretty far and away the MVP in the entire league. So that one's an easy one to start. Uh, Depoy, it's between Stewie and Benajelani because we haven't talked enough about B, I think. Um, I know we don't have all night, so I won't get too deep into it. She's but she amazing. is, she really is, and she's drawing the toughest defensive assignments every night. Um, but Stewie is also, I think, leading the league in, in stocks and steals and blocks. Um, and I obviously I've known for a very long time that Stewie is great, but it hits different when you're watching it every single night. Uh, and her just her help defense, her hustle back. She's had a couple of chase down blocks. Her timing. Uh, it's also just a lot of blocks. Those those blocks that like stay in play and and can turn into fast breaks the other way. I think I give Brianna Stewart the nod there. Most improved. That's tough when a lot of the team turned over um, and where a lot of roles change. When you look at players like Benaja, who's not asked to do as much, so it's tough for her there. When you look at Sabrina, where even though she's making more threes than anybody else per game in the W, I don't know if I would say that she's necessarily improved. I think her shot selection yeah, partially because she was like awesome last year as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Like her shot selection is improved and that's because she's left wide open all the time because look at the rest of this team. Um, KT wasn't on the team. Uh, I was like KT. New. Oh, well, okay. she wasn't. Yeah, but they didn't have her last year. So most improved. I, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to change the parameters a little bit. I'm going to, sorry, Go I'm going to call an audible here. And mm-hmm. I will say Marine is the largest improvement from last year to this year because she's going to be available for 35 games because last year she missed so much time. She'll have so much time to gel with this roster and just being there makes this team so much more dynamic. So she'll be my most improved in terms of just the total outlook. Sorry, Um, French national team. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I've read a lot of the reporting on that and I very, uh, I selfishly endorse her decision. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. And I also don't need to pile on and ask her any more questions about it. I know that this has been difficult for her. Uh, sixth player of the year. 
for me right now, it's KT. I don't know that we talked enough about yes, KT sir. also. Uh, uh, go ahead and take a few minutes. That was one of our things. Is I just wanted you to gush about uh, Kayla Thornton because I've loved what she's how she's been. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you some numbers first and then I'll just back it up with the vibes because I think that's equally important. So we'll just give it <laughs> equal space. You understand uh, us so well. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that's all about us. Go ahead. <laughs> the Ace of Starting Five is crushing everybody in plus minus because, of course, they are just crushing everyone. They're just beating everybody up. Uh, six and seven spots are Stewie and Sabrina and Sab, of course, was boosted by a couple of those recent performance uh, performances. And then in eighth place is Kayla Thornton, who's a plus 68 in just 178 minutes. So the first seven players I mentioned average 313 minutes. Um, so about. Yeah. So what's that? 135 minutes more of court time than Kayla to make an impact. Yep. And then for further context, the next player with a plus minus on that list under 200 minutes played is Dijanae Carrington, who is 22nd. So way down from that eighth place that KT is at. And yeah, Dijanae only now getting minutes. It's a whole other conversation. Um, so it's just the impact is there on the floor. And now, now the vibes. KT is that player. Right. She's the one that brings the energy who dies after the loose balls, yes. who wants the biggest challenge every time she's on the court. And after a game a couple of weeks back, we had Stewie in a, in a postgame scrum and somebody, I think it might have been Jeff, asked Stewie about KT. And Brianna said, as soon as I found out Kayla was going to be in New York, I said, shit, that means she won't be guarding me anymore. And yeah. only I, a practice. Yeah. And I, well, also, wow, I just realized that I almost made it the whole episode without cursing. And I listened to James oh, you're good. You're spent good. every other every you're other good. minute cursing. So you're good. Still ahead of the curve. Um, but yeah, I don't think there could be a bigger endorsement than Stewie saying I wanted her on my team and not on the other team. So yeah, KT. Um for what I think the reason why. I have her over Maureen, who might be, you know, I test the the player that you might think would be the the sixth player of the year is because I think Kayla brings something to the team that they don't already have in surplus. Maureen can score, Maureen can pass, and and all of that is incredibly useful. But Very when nice. we're talking about what's what's like holding the liberty back potentially. Rebounds. It's that grit, right? Yep. Yeah. It's the rebounds. It's the diving after loose balls. It's just bringing that intensity and that energy. So I think for me, it's KT as the sixth player. And, um, and I can yeah. say uh, I don't want to segue from the the Liberty, but I've been paying attention to KT because she was a part of my what what is the snap <laughs> my ex-girlfriend team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the Dallas Wings and she. He was always like the person that comes off the bench. She comes in, she hustles, she gets the extra board, she gets the offensive board, she gets the extra uh, shot attempt. And to bring that to New York with what they have right now, I think she is actually, I'm going to go on a limb and say this, but she is the catalyst for them winning a championship or not. Yeah, I say her and her and Benajah. Benajah right? Lamy, yeah. Right, those two. Yep. Um, totally agree. Totally agree. And to think that she was also coming in to replace Rebecca Allen, who did a lot of that for them too, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, they needed that, that they needed that depth at the wing and with the defense. So 
Kayla has been as advertised. And now after she's been shooting pretty well lately, look, she's up to 50% from three. So if if she's just, you know, low usage, but knocking down that corner three, when it comes to her, that's, they can't ask for anything more. Yeah. My general feeling is like, when I think about her, I think overqualified, honestly, every, like every Uh time it's like, Oh, okay. You're playing like, like how many minutes a game is she playing? Like 17, 18, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's just like overqualified for that, for that level of time. Definitely. And I think three times already she's led the team in plus minus. And this is not a team that goes deep into the bench, right? right. So so to say that is is pretty spectacular. Uh and then rookie of the year is easy. Um Niara. Niara right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Figured. Yeah. Just as easy as coach of the year, right? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> line it up. So laugh laying. So, so can I can I I'm, I'll ask the one question that you didn't actually answer at the beginning. And is that can uh Niara become an instrumental piece that helps this New York team this season, even this season, uh, uh, win a championship. Like what, what do you, uh, let me, let me break it into two questions. Do you see her becoming greater than what she is behind these stars? And also do you see her becoming an instrumental piece or is she just like, Oh, throw her in. She's on a bench. Uh, Well, I think she's already, First of all, I don't think in the W, if you're getting minutes on the court, no one can actually be a just like throw her inches on the bench, right? Because like mm. just the talent level is absurd. This yes, is sir. really just the, the best players, but like this is the best of the best, right? Maybe I guess the way to phrase this is yeah, she be part of a playoff rotation this year, do you think? Yeah. Thank you, Snap. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think that she can. I I'm right now she's already leapfrogged Han and right we talked about that and and the reasoning behind that um but she's also eaten into some some more minutes I think from Steph Dolson too so the the question about uh her compared to to Satu is tough because they are two completely different types of players yeah um so in terms of the impact and and Satu obviously has been having such a spectacular season too but Niara for what this team needs her to be which is just somebody who can uh put together some post moves hit the glass hard she's such a smart player I I'll say this now I which I wouldn't have before the season but I went into training camp really not knowing what to expect from Niara Sabali and I saw Sika Kone was coming to camp as well and I knew that the two of them would be competing for a spot. And I watched Sika last year in the FIBA games. And I was like, she's a W talent, right? There's there's no way if it's a one-on-one camp battle with a rookie who hasn't played in a year that Sika wouldn't have that edge. And Niara came to camp and blew the coaches away. Really impressed me. Uh, the second day, maybe. So the first day we were allowed into training camp was the second day they had a camp. And... Niara was teaching the sets to Sika Kone. Wow. And last year, this last year when she wasn't playing, she was an assistant coach at Sacramento State. And um, we... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we talked to her. Shout out to to our podcast. We had Niara on our podcast a couple of weeks back and talked to her about that experience. And she talked about how, you know, she has so much more respect for coaches than she knew because as a player, it's kind of like, you know, like a a job you clock in and you clock out and then you show up the next day and then coaches, you know, you leave and then you go back and watch a whole bunch of film and get ready for the next practice the next day. So you're never really off the clock. Um, But seeing how that manifested, she's such a smart cutter 
she's just reading defenses really well and she's so instinctual about angles to hit the glass and just where to be she does all the fundamental stuff really well and when you're building out a roster that has championship aspirations that's what you need right you need people that do the little things really really well and sika is going to be very very good but i think we've also seen in chicago she's still just such a raw talent right she's got so much talent but it's it's not focused yet because she's she's still developing and niara right now is a player that with the trajectory i think she can be a big piece on the team this year let alone down the line okay all right uh becky do you have any final questions we haven't talked much about the you know matchup with the other super team, the Aces. That was going to be my final um, question. <laughs> yeah, you know we're we're not going to see those two match up until the end of this month. Um, what do you predict for their matchup? What are do you know if the team is preparing anything for that matchup? Um, what do you see coming down? Uh, let me let me just jump in real quick with this because I, I, here's here's what I'm kind of what I'm seeing, and you can you can tell me where where you might differ. Um, mm-hmm. I, obviously, the the aces have spoiled me this year, uh, mostly because every time I go to get I go to see them, they're just absolutely racking teams. So I probably have a bigger head than is deserved right now. Uh, when I look at the New York Liberty, the the big mismatch that I'm seeing is that they're going to have for a lengthy period of time they're going to have both Sabrina and Courtney, or Sabrina and Marine, or Courtney and Marine, some configuration there. And I just see our guards going off. Uh, they're going to have one good wing defender, that Nija or Kayla, but mm-hmm. probably not both, unless unless they're going small, which which yeah. could happen. Um, but in any case, I see the, those mismatches. Whoever is on whoever is on Sabrina, whoever is on on Courtney Marine, one of those three. Uh, it's just the 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 ball handlers are three perimeter players. Uh, I just I see that as a huge mission that mismatch. Do you agree? Do you think that they have the ball stopper to to slow that down in any respect? So I was trying to think, who would you have defensively? Let's let's kind of do it both ways. You can flip the who way. Would, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Who would you have the aces defend on New York? And then I'll, I'll flip it and I'll say who I think New York would have defend those aces players. Oh, that's a good. That's really, really good. Um Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's interesting. I guess okay. If we're if we're talking their starting lineup, uh, I think it's just, it's going to match up pretty much. You know, uh, chalk. It's going to be Chelsea on on Courtney. It's going to be Kelsey on Sabrina. It's going to be Jackie on Betnaja, and then and then uh, probably Asia on Stewie. Or the way that they they usually handle Stewie is is like a combination of the two bigs. Whoever mm-hmm. whoever is in and Candace has been playing really really good defense for us, mm-hmm. so I think we're stronger in that respect than we were last year. I'm always worried about Stewie. Like number one is like, what team do you not want to face in the playoffs? It's like the one with Stewie, because <laughs> <laughs> she by by herself she can just take your team out of a game, uh, and it, obviously she has like the most amazing supporting cast that she has had in a long time. But uh, yeah, that's 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 how I see that. Uh, and okay. and I think it's going to be like a shootout no matter what, right? We're going to have a hard time stopping you. But that is just like, if I see a big mismatch there, that's where I see it the most. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was asking about that specifically because Sabrina played really, really well against the Aces last year. I mean, yep. she had the that 30-point triple-double, but also that game where they were down by a whole bunch and then she valiantly tried to hit like five threes in the last three minutes or something like that. And Courtney gives us fits and JJ is always a problem. Uh, and yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so I was, I was curious who you would have, who you saw that matchup coming with because Kelsey could be that player to attack, but mm-hmm. putting Kelsey elsewhere might be more difficult. Right. I mean, like I'm thinking back to last week where we saw jewel posting her up. So like, you can't, try to sw- make switch that mismatch and and put uh, Jackie onto Sabrina because then but I is just going to put a hand up in the post right, right. On, on Kelsey um so I think like that's that's going to be the matchup I would watch that way I do agree with you though that like the guards there there's going to need to be a lot of discipline and a lot of switching I think that's the way that I see them attacking it um Last year, I believe they had some success with zone against the aces. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that because Sabrina, like Courtney, they are very, very instinctual players and pretty good about just getting to spots uh, rather than straight up. Um, but that will be that's definitely the area that I'm most worried about. I don't I think we might see Sabrina on Chelsea, like flip that flip mm-hmm. Courtney onto onto Kelsey because Courtney plays with a little bit more physicality on defense uh, on. So if you put her on Kelsey and try to like just stick to her as much as possible, there's no one that you could ignore on the aces. Right. So like right. you're it's kind of picking who you want to to highlight and who you're saying we want this player to come at us. And so maybe there, there's just no right. <laughs> there's no right answer. Um, so yeah, I, I think like Sabrina can keep up with Chelsea at least, but Chelsea's so strong, man, you're just going to have me talking in circles because <laughs> no, it's cool. because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to defend any of them. Uh, it's possible. We see some more, some more lineups that have both KT and, Benaja out there that's that's almost what i'm thinking is that is that they're just kind of gonna kind of roll with like you know best defensive option and then get those wing defenders out there because they're both mm-hmm. good defensive players as well which means then becky counters with more alicia clark right and then <laughs> and <laughs> <Exactly. fewer> <laughs> minutes. so no. yeah it's a it's a chess game and i think we're here playing checkers so it's no, no, there's only so much we can do <laughs> that should awesome. be our motto by the way i think that's a good podcast <laughs> motto everybody has here playing chess we're playing checkers miles thank you so much it's very awesome having you out here I appreciate you coming out to our little podcast and and sharing your knowledge with us definitely this was really just a lot of fun, a great conversation, um, and happy to do it. I've been listening for a while, so I'm glad that I was able to hop on yeah. to this. Episode. Wow, wow, wow. 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 We have one listener. <laughs> Thank you. He, he Thank must you. be Milestone. like listening many times. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. We, we really appreciate that. We do. Yeah, it's, we do. It's uh now that I'm one of you guys, I, I can right. fully appreciate. <laughs> I I can fully understand how important it is to hit download and not just to listen to an episode. Now that I know that it's tracked in downloads, which I never knew. <laughs> oh, before. is it? Whoops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
which I, I was like, I don't know. I never press download uh, unless I'm oh, commuting no. somewhere. But uh, no, I really, really appreciate this. And um, it was a lot of fun, fun conversation. And hopefully uh, the Liberty are playing long enough that you guys feel like you've exhausted if, everyone if else and want to bring me back. No, if we're, if, we, we're, we if there's a matchup in the playoffs, you're coming yeah. back. You have to come back. We will. Love it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you, everybody out there for listening. This has been the sixth pod of the year. Uh, I'm Snap Wilson, Becky, Robococo, MJ Tolliver, our guest, Miles Ehrlich. Catch him Miles. on Windsider and yes. the uh, Save the Pod again. The Pull up. Pull up with Miles and Owen. Pull up with Miles and Owen. Uh, Follow. Fantastic pod. Yeah. Go ahead and listen to that. It's great. Um, their interviews are not as messy as ours, but ours are fun. Uh, and also, uh, happy Juneteenth out there, everybody. Uh, I celebrate, you know, as much as you can. It's great to be out and seeing. I like to see uh, people out there with their Juneteenth shirts. It's, it's happy to be off work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happy holiday. <laughs> uh, and that's been it. So thank you guys very much. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with another guest. We got one scheduled. I hope that they can make it. And I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised. That's all. Have a great one, everybody. Be good to each other. Peace out. Peace out. Goodbye.